Welcome to the Ministry Leader Podcast, where we are actually starting into week three here locally in Northern Indiana of dealing with this COVID-19 crisis. I know it's been hitting our coast maybe even before that, um, but it's uh, right now Friday, March 27th. We're recording this, uh, going to be released uh, on Monday, as always. And uh I'm doing this interview alone. I've got a guest on. I'll introduce him here in a second. But Chase has uh, taken some time off from recording the podcast. He's uh, really focusing on his ministry team and his ministry site and the students there because this has really just thrown a wrench into a lot of um, the ways we normally do ministry. So we will miss him. But I do have a guest on the podcast today. This is John Christensen. He is the Senior Director of National Ministries for Youth for Christ USA, and he's coming to us from not Buena Vista. Is it? Get it. Buena Vista? Buena Vista, Colorado. Colorado. Um, John, thanks for joining us. Tell us um, just a little bit about who you are and, uh, you know, what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I love the work that you guys are doing and fun to get to be a part of it. Yeah, I've been with Youth for Christ closing in on 15 years and get to serve out of our National Service Center, which is in Denver. I work remotely, uh, get to live in a cool mountain town in Colorado and have a uh, wife and I have also been married 14 years and we've got two girls, uh, eight and six, that are trying to figure out uh, life in the midst of all of this as well. So if you hear some background noise, that's exactly why. You know, my dog was barking on last week's episode, John. I think uh, kids running through the house screaming. If that happens, I think we're okay with that. Yeah, I think everyone's trying to figure out a bit of a new normal, and there's lots of grace happening right now. For sure. For sure. So one of the reasons I'm excited, two of the reasons I'm excited to have John on is John's a friend of mine, and um, I've, I've just enjoyed connecting with him over the years through YFC and get to know him a little bit. I appreciate his heart and his passion for this ministry, and he sits in a role um, just overseeing a lot of stuff for YFC USA. And so uh, he can give us a perspective that maybe Chase and I couldn't normally give from our little corner of Northern Indiana. And so we're going to kind of move through this episode as if um, we're starting really high level. So 10,000 foot view, which Buena Vista, Colorado is not quite 10,000 feet, right? Not quite 10. We are at 8,000 though. So it's about the same. Okay, so give us the 8,000-foot view. We're going to move into that. John's going to talk about kind of a high-level view of what he's seeing uh, across the country as he has conversations with people within YFC and outside of YFC on what has changed so far in youth ministry uh, due to this response of this crisis. And then uh, we're going to move into maybe some individual stories, too, of some really incredibly cool things that people are seeing the Lord do in the midst of this. Um, So John, let's start with kind of the high level view, the 10,000 or 8,000 foot view, whatever we want to call it on this episode. Um, So when you first started hearing the news of the coronavirus here in the States, kind of what was your first reaction? Yeah. um, Interesting. We were, um, when I say we are national ministries team, so made up of all of our national directors for each of our national ministry models, so campus life or city life, et cetera. We've got once a year a meeting and we were in Denver and we had just got word that it had started and there was a case or two in Seattle, maybe one other place. And, you know, I kind of thought of that and it was like, I really didn't give it much thought. I had watched some of the news to see what was happening overseas. 
um, but had no idea three weeks later we'd be where we're at. So I think my first one was a bit of kind of like, oh, okay, man, that's too bad. <laughs> and I had no idea how it really would affect the whole country and even all of our jobs and how we did ministry. No concept of what was coming. Yeah, I think I remember hearing as we were having our initial meetings in Indiana about what do we do with our spring break trip? I think the state of Washington had already shut down. Like just how quick it happened on the coast and how quickly it's moved into the, the middle yeah. part of the country has been crazy. Um, so right here, there was a, a variety of reactions, as I would imagine there were across the country uh, when this happened. Of My first response was kind of retreat, regroup, and then re-engage. And I've said that in a multiple settings, like I just wanted to take a step back and figure out what does this mean moving forward? And we had other staff members that just went into attack mode. They were like, I was born for this. I wasn't ready for this, but I was born for this and I'm going after it. And they're just churning out resources yeah. and they're engaging students in new ways that no one's ever thought of before. Um, so <laughs> what were some of the reactions that you saw and you heard uh, as you had conversations with people, as this started changing slowly across the country? Yeah. I mean, I think what you, you know, had happen there is kind of across the country. You know, it makes me think about how God's wired each of us differently and how we like need everyone because it was totally true. There was like some that it's like they were thinking about it when it was still like just in China because they were just on the front end of like anticipating that. And yeah. we've seen cool fruit come because they've seized that opportunity that then like others can. But then I think to your point, others are like, wait a second, we need like a bit of a plan here. We can't just shotgun everything. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. And so I think we've seen all extremes, but then all of them really like benefit, benefit each other in helping move things forward. And so that's where I think it's fun is the collaboration that yeah. we've seen like come out of this then from those early adapters that were on the front end to those like you that are like, wait, I need to like retreat and plan. And how do we do this? Uh, all of a sudden uh, the whole kingdom and even beyond that, you know, the whole country has been so generous to collaborate, yeah. which has been really cool uh, to see that play out. Yeah. I think we shared on last week's episode, Chase and I talked about just people being so open-handed with what they have. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go, but it, it has been a fun thing to see just the collaboration and people going, all of our situations are different and we have to share what we have. And so that's been, that's been kind of cool to see the different personalities of how people have responded to, to come together, to take a resource and an idea that was just cranked out quickly and went, that's awesome. Let's do this, this, and this, and it, we make it perfect. And now this is great. Yep. Um, so people are moving quickly. Um, so John, I know that as things started tr to trickle in across the country, uh, the national ministries team had to get together and strategize a little bit. Like all of our local churches and local ministry sites had to do at some level. I would imagine your national ministries team circled up around this and said, okay, what do we do? Yeah. And to, to give the audience perspective, our national ministries team is really positioned to lead and resource and equip the country to be able to do relational ministry with lost kids through our different ministry models. And so we started once we realized, oh, this is going beyond Seattle and this is now going to affect the country. We have to really think through um, kind of what we do. 
And I remember meeting on a Tuesday and it was, we need to craft um, a policy to really, you know, help the field navigate. If a school's closed, what ministry can we do? So we worked like our whole meeting on that. And then two days later, it literally didn't even matter. Like everything moved so quickly that we realized, wait, it's, we can't even do face-to-face ministry anymore. We now have to devote all of our energy to go, how do we keep doing the DNA of our ministry and move it virtually? And so we had our meeting was like a three and a half hour strategy meeting that then let everyone loose to engage different pieces of our strategy to then uh, really lead and have the field ready for all virtual ministry in four days. So it was unbelievable how quick it had to move and change. Yeah, I remember sitting in a kind of a virtual Zoom call, like our leadership team is kind of dispersed all over Northern Indiana. And so we had a a Zoom call where we were like, what are we going to do about spring break if, you know, one of our schools closes? Okay, one of our schools did close. What if we do, what do we do if this other school closes? And then we were like, we can't cancel this trip. We just can't do it. And this is like at a three o'clock, three o'clock on Tuesday. And then nine o'clock on Wednesday morning, the very next day, we had this meeting face to face and we were like, why are we having this meeting? We can't have our spring break trip. Like everybody, there was consensus that quick. Like we just can't do this. And that was before there was mandated like shelter in place and schools were closing. Like we were on the front end of making some of these decisions, but you're right. Things changed so quickly and people are adapting and needing to adapt so fast. So it's been crazy. And it's it's fun to hear kind of your perspective too on how that changed at your level. Yeah. And I think across the country, we've seen like once we started to realize the magnitude of disruption, it then changed the focus to go, okay, all energy and everything now is devoted to this and things that we thought like a spring break trip that we know is really important, we were going to do. We now have to look and go, okay, we don't have to cancel these things, but how do we move to replacing them to keep our highest values of ministry and sharing Christ with lost kids. And so that's been cool to see across the country in each chapter and beyond. Okay. We had this, we don't cancel. What do we do differently to keep um, kids engaged? Yeah. And I think that's the, the mantra that I've been hearing a lot, especially in YFC circles is we're not canceling, we're replacing. And I think you said that a little bit earlier too. And uh, we're just looking at things through a different lens. It's still relational ministry. Um, It's, just not happening maybe on a beach in Florida like it would have happened this week. It's happening virtually through a screen in my office or at my dining room table. And so it looks a little bit different um, yeah. and it's happening quickly. So John, I want to transition a little bit. We kind of yeah. gave the 8,000 foot view of ministry across the country and how mm-hmm. that's changed. Uh, let's zoom in a little bit. I know you've been in conversations. We've been in conversations, you and I even, in the last week. Um, there's been conversations through national Zoom calls with over 100 people, I think you were talking about. that, And people are yep. sharing stories of some cool things that are happening. So um, can you share maybe just one or two of some of the, the really neat stories that you've heard that would encourage maybe our listeners to keep pushing on, even when things seem a little difficult and uncertain right now? Yeah, and to kind of preface these stories, you know, I think there's no doubt there's unexpected challenges that come with this that do disrupt us in Mm -hmm. ways. But we also have this major opportunity for ministry with young people in this season. And we're seeing people step up to the challenge, be innovative, 
um, I think even learn things that will change how we do relational ministry once this even settles down. For sure. So it's cool to see, I think, how God's working in ways. Um, And we've said in YFC that we go where kids are. Typically, whenever we think of that, we're thinking about a detention center or a neighborhood or, you know, a football game on a high school campus. Uh, But the reality is, is kids have always been online and we valued face-to-face and we will always value face-to-face. But this is an opportunity for us to go into their world online, which sometimes might feel just as uncomfortable as going into like a middle school cafeteria to meet kids. But yet, as we've done that, um, we're seeing things happen. And I think because we've always wanted to be a relational ministry and develop authentic Christian relationships with lost kids, we know their names and we have conversations. And that allows us when we have to move virtually because of this, that, that is, that's already established. And so because of that, we're, I think we're trying to be able to thrive in this season mm-hmm. to see kids come to know Christ um, because we already have relational depth and equity with them. And so what we've seen then is um, a story in Miami where a uh, director asked um, two kids to come to church that would never come to church. <laughs> so would you join me for online church? And together they went in and these two kids for the first time ever experienced church and were able to hear the hope of Jesus. That's awesome. Another one coming out of Ohio, um, a kid that in the back of a, a, a club setting during talks would put put his headphones in, not want to talk, um, reached out to a leader, said, I'm an atheist, you know that, but I think I'm ready to talk. Could we talk more about what's happening and even about God? Amazing. I think we've also seen things like um, leaders be able to engage small groups with kids because they just have some time and they're craving connection because their world's been so disrupted. They're lonely. They're isolated. I've even heard some say they're tired of looking at their phones. Uh Uh-huh. What an opportunity then we go, would you be willing to jump in a small group and let's talk about life and talk about God? And kids are open to that in ways um, that maybe in the past they wouldn't be. Yeah, that's cool. We have some staff locally who are trying to figure out building times and appointments and small groups virtually. And so uh, one of our staff members just said, you know, we all have to eat lunch and I'm going to eat mine at noon and I'm going to open up a Zoom call. If you want to join me for lunch from your dining room table, um, join me. And I think she had like 11 or 12 students eat lunch together. Uh, and so things like that have been catching on. And I just heard a story from another staff member who took that idea and ran with it and said, I was a little nervous what was going to happen, but I had another leader join me. And then like eight kids jumped on and one said, I wasn't going to join you because I thought it sounded really cheesy and hokey, but I was so glad I did because the conversation was so rich. Um, and so even in... <laughs> You know, you, the a- atheist kid that uh, is open to talking is huge. Uh, kids that have never been in church that are attending online church right now is huge. But even those simple little connections with kids that are just craving conversation, craving seeing someone else's face besides mom or dad's or their little brother um, has exactly. been really significant right now in this time. I think, Brian, what um, as kids have more time, they're willing to do that, but we also are able to break through some of the things that make it really hard to gather a small group in person. 
mm-hmm. logistics, schedules, things, or even appointments. When we think about those out there that are middle school leaders, it's more difficult to set up an appointment with a middle school kid because you've got to think yeah. about driving and parents and this. Now um, we're able to do that much quicker. I also think it's worth noting, as I'm sure many are thinking, we still want to stay stay really safe right. online sure. and be really wise. And so we set in the appointment space to make sure that there's always three when you're doing a video call. So maybe it's two leaders and a kid or one leader and two kids to be thoughtful for that. But I think we can seize the opportunity to engage with these smaller groups and help connect them to Jesus in ways that typically are a lot harder to do when it's all in person. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, you know, the silver lining on this, this time right now is there are things that have become much easier, much faster for, for a lot of our leaders across the country. Uh, so John, let's, uh, kind of next steps. So, um, some cool things are happening. The Lord continues to move. And I shared in a previous episode too, that uh, in a time like this, I recognize how much I lean into my own talents and abilities. And I've just been taken out of the picture right now, Um, especially if I'm not tech savvy, right? I've been totally removed from the picture, but Jesus is still there. He's still working. He's still moving. So these stories, I'm so glad you shared some of those because they are encouraging to me. And I think they're encouraging to anyone listening that's hearing that. Um, so kind of next steps though, as we're kind of past the shock of it all, right? Uh, so what are maybe some steps you're seeing ministries take now, uh, that maybe we're developing some skills that are going to help us and some practices that are going to help us move forward. How are you seeing people maybe strategize around that or steps that they're taking to set up ministry whenever we get back to whatever normal is going to look like? Yeah, I think, you know, as this continues to evolve, we realize that, you know, what we thought might be just a canceled spring break trip, then we realize, oh, wow, like schools might not (laughs) open up this year. Or, you know, the detention center that I volunteer at isn't letting people in and we don't know when they'll be able to. You know, I think as we've started to, to look at that and realize, okay, we do, this isn't just a week or two, but it is long term. We do have to be really thoughtful of that. And I think, you know, I'm reminded that you even said it, God's on, God's on the throne. This didn't surprise him. He is still moving. And I think the challenge that I've had in this season, I think we're, we're looking at is I just the belief that when God speaks, there is breakthrough. So as we think about the next weeks and months of ministry that look different than we thought they would be, uh, as we lead through this season, tuning our heart and our ears to the voice of God in those moments of what should I do now? Because none of us have a roadmap for this, but yet like God does and his voice wants to speak. And so I want to keep anchoring us there of going, no, let's hear God's voice and let's let that guide us in day by day, but also broader strategy. I think the other place as we think about ministry for the next months um, is that we really want to spend our best creative energy helping young people connect to Jesus rather than just simply helping them connect online. And so I think things like having movie nights and games and, you know, trick shot competitions that we're seeing, (laughs) we need to keep doing those. That creates some synergy and some fun and laughter in this season. However, I think we lose a major opportunity if that's where we stay. And so thinking through as we hear God's voice, 
what are the things that we can still connect kids to Jesus? And we've said this a few times, but those appointments and small groups that foster the connection that kids need with each other right now is they're isolated and alone. Some even in really probably challenging home situations that they're spending more time in than they typically are. Those are the places where well, let's put our energy there, especially for our ministry leaders out there um, that once again, maybe it was harder in the past to get an appointment or a small group set. We're seeing those there. So take those chances and then begin to connect those kids to the hope that they really need right now. I mean, I think their hearts are open to maybe more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I want to talk just for a minute. I know we're uh, getting close. We want to wrap up here in, in just a couple minutes, uh, but I do want to talk. I think it's important enough to pause and talk about the mental health of the leader. So we are in a a profession and a role, whether it's a professional role or a volunteer role, we're in this vocation, I guess is a better word, where we are always looking at how we can help meet the needs of other people. Um, but this is a time now where I know, especially uh, with our staff, uh, those who went into attack mode right away are kind of going, man, I'm really tired right now. I have spent so much energy on the front end trying to figure this out. I'm tired. Um, and I think we're going to begin to see that in staff and volunteers more and more. Uh, what would your encouragement be to them in the times where we just feel like I need to pay attention to my own mental and spiritual health and kids still need Jesus, um, yep. but I need Jesus now more than ever. Yeah. I mean, we've always talked about, we, it's hard to give away what we don't have. And so that connection to the father boundaries that we have to set in place, things that are life giving to us, even if it maybe looks different, um, are still really important uh, because if we're not filled up, it's really hard to give. And this season, I think demands some extra energy, but now knowing that we're going to be in this for a bit, we do have to be really thoughtful in how we're spending our time and not just going, going, going without stopping, listening, being with your family, take advantage of some of those things that, you know, I think even last time Chase mentioned just more meals at home together. Yeah. Yes. Like don't miss those opportunities that really pour into our own hearts. And once again, I think the replace not cancel works for us. I had um, a breakfast appointment this morning with my buddy that just wasn't at a coffee shop. We just FaceTime. Yeah. And that was really good for my heart to not just go, we can't meet, so we don't do it. Yeah. No, we do that as well. So I think those types of boundaries and life giving things are still really important. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for that encouragement. Um, and I do want to wrap up. One last question is as far as resources, there's, I think there's a lot of people out there, volunteers and staff alike that are going, what do I do? Like, all of my time and all of my ministry energy was focused on in-person. And I hear stories of what people are doing virtually, but I just don't know how to do it or I don't know what to do. I know there's all kinds of resources out there that I've been connected with, but um, are there places that you would point people and have been pointing people to to get some really solid resources that maybe are proven that are working right now? Yeah, um, that's one of the focuses that my team has had. And a lot of that good information exactly has come from those that are doing ministry in the field. So for those that volunteer with Youth for Christ, um, we've uploaded a lot of things onto our knowledge base for all of our relational ministry actions. So how we really engage kids 
um, in relationships. We've put resources out to do that virtually. Um, that's where, uh, if you're a ministry leader, connect with your site leader, uh, that they have that information that they can begin to give you as you guys have your regular team meetings. Uh, we also have a lot of resources that, once again, um, still work because we still are doing what we do. It just happens to be a different platform. Right. So we still need small group curriculum, for example, that you don't have to develop that. We've done that for you. And this is free for anyone, regardless if you're in YFC dot, or in YFC or not. Uh, YFC.net backslash resources. You type that in, uh, you'll be able to see all the different things that will still work and you can adapt some of that to do virtual. Yeah, that's good. And I'll include some links um, in our show notes to that, as well as things like Download Youth Ministry is putting out some great stuff and a Facebook group that I've been a part of for a while now, Stuff You Can Use, a youth ministry community, you can jump on there. Uh, People are just being so generous and so innovative and open-handed with the stuff that they have. Um, I think, John, that's a good word and a way to frame it of we still do what we do the platforms just changed. And so a lot of the resources we have that maybe we've cast aside for a time, uh, we can pick back up now that we got our head around how do we do this through a different platform. So thanks, John, for joining us. Um, We appreciate your voice in our movement and your leadership in our movement, but your voice in the greater movement of youth ministry across the country and the way you lead our national ministries team here is YFC USA. We are excited to continue hearing stories and sharing stories, and we will continue to pass on to you the things that we're hearing locally and look forward to hearing what you're hearing across the country that's just going to pour energy and encouragement into our team here in Northern Indiana and wherever you're listening from. So, John, thank you again for joining us today. It was good to be spend some time with you and uh, have your voice on the on the podcast finally. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Ministry Leader Podcast. The thing that I keep reflecting on and thinking about is that if nothing else good comes from this disruption, one of the unexpected benefits of this all happening to us as leaders in the field of youth ministry is that I think it's shaken us out of our normal routines and patterns of doing things either the way we've always done things or the, just continuing to do things the way we're comfortable. It's caused us to be a little bit lighter on our feet and more responsive to the Spirit. So I just want to encourage everyone to continue to adapt quickly and leverage the opportunities that God has placed before you to continue to engage in relational ministry with young people in your community. We'll be back next week as we continue to document what youth workers are doing to adapt to this unprecedented time in the history of our country. So until then, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the ways that you continue to engage, and we would love to hear about it. Visit our Facebook page, the Ministry Leader Podcast, and let us know some of the the stories that you're seeing happen right before your eyes that maybe were a little unexpected as you see God engaging the lives of young people in new ways uh, because of the new things that you're doing. Until next week, thanks for listening.